Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Sweet life. Sweet life. Chief Johnson. <laughs> Malik Rashid. Sitting here with world renowned. Wow. What? Run that back. Wow. World renowned. <laughs> <laughs> world renowned chef. Naisha Joyce Arrington. Let's yes, go. sir. We are here. What's happening? I feel like. We just had a full-on episode before the cameras even rolled up. Before that's when the vibes up. are yeah, immaculate. But that's great, though. That's, that's great. great. Thank you for being here My with pleasure. us. We appreciate it. I know you train. Well, you training for something, right? I am. I have my first fitness competition coming up. Really okay. excited about it. Okay. Lots of um, like barbell work and um, what do you call them? Pull-ups and a salt bike and it's a team challenge and it's my first one and I'm really excited. So So not only can she cook, <laughs> run up on her, you gonna find out. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. <laughs> no, um, again, you know, thanks for having us. We have so much to talk about. But um for me, I would love to start at, you know, the beginning. This is our first time meeting. I read a little bit about you. I never could trust about what's on Wikipedia and For those sure. things, but you kind of made it when you got a Wikipedia page, but... Do I have one? Native Angelino? Correct. And you are, let me get this right, Black and Korean. Correct. And a little Native American in there, too. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. we got some of that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what was it like growing up in uh, L.A. and the fusion of these cultures? You know, I, I know a lot of black and Korean kids because where I'm from, it was a military town. Exactly. And, um, you know, I think the brothers went over there and it was like, yo, what's <laughs> <Exactly>. good? <laughs> they were sending satin jackets back to everybody in the hood. Wow. But um, well, what was that like growing up? So you were from a military family? 
Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> the satin jacket. Real oh, nose fire, yes. right? With the dragons on the back. Yes. Right. Yes. Fire. Yes. Fire. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, that's exactly what happened. My grandfather, uh, who was a cook in the Korean War, okay, went to Korea, brought my grandmother back, and um, and my grandfather, African American, met Miss Isoon, and I actually have a sauce. Um, inspired by her that I brought for you guys. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so they had my mom and um, my mom and dad met here in Los Angeles. Um, and what else can I say? Yeah, I mean, that's... Tell people, let's, let's, I don't want to skip past your father. Please. So your father, if I'm not mistaken, right, was yeah. in Brothers Johnston? You guys did your homework. <laughs> yes, yeah, so my dad is... Um, a phenomenal slap bass player. I come from like on his side is like creatives. Like the guy has so much soul in his freaking thumb. Like I wish he hasn't pursued his music career yet. I feel like my dream for him is to retire this man and get him out there playing funk music. So wow. he taught the Brothers Johnson actually how to play the bass. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yep. He was never kind of formally, he had a little band, not a little band. He might be like my little band. <laughs> my little band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had a band called Phase back in the day and he has uh -huh. this amazing photo of him with his bandmates and he's like, fire bell bottom jeans with the big afro with it with the bass guitar just to fire i know i know yeah what, what part of la did you grow up in so i was born at the kaiser hospital in west la on venice boulevard mm. uh, we moved to gardena I spent a lot of time in gardena um and then basically kind of moved around a little bit um, and then actually moved to a place called Lancaster, California. Yep. Do you guys know it? My cousin lives out there. Okay. He's a professional stuntman. What is in Lancaster? Just tell it's me just for real. Cheaper houses yeah, and, exactly. and more room. Exactly. When gangs started getting, you know, yeah. elevated in like, you know, 80s, around there, 80s, 90s, like 90s, uh, my parents, they didn't want me to grow up in L.A. So, okay. um, you know, and they, and they wanted to buy a house. So they moved out to Lancaster and I grew up in an amazing, uh, you know, had an amazing childhood and got to play outside and ride my yep. bike and stay out in the street till the streetlights came on and went home, you know, and yeah. that was a thing, you know, but I didn't think my parents wanted that for me here in Los Angeles. But my all my aunts lived here and my dad's side's from Mississippi, actually. Okay. So all of that side of my family um, from past Christian Mississippi and uh, all my aunties were out here. So every Sunday, my mom would make us wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go to Crenshaw Christian Center. And we would go to church every freaking Sunday growing Wait, up from, from Lancaster. Lancaster. Yes. It's like a real hour plus drive. I'm saying it's about an hour. <laughs> and like, I just remember that as a kid, like crying, like not wanting to go, you know, but um Looking back, it's good. It's good, yeah. you know, to instill values and morals and just discipline, right? So I think those little things, they add up to a lot in your adult life. But, you know, I, I was we grew up in Lancaster. I moved out here to L.A. when I was 17, officially. Okay. okay. Uh, went to culinary school in Santa Monica, where I live now. And, um, and yeah, um, I've had a, a quite the journey to, to date. When did you, when did you identify... Um cooking as the thing for you like a, a real passion and a passion that you could potentially create what you have created which is 
a burgeoning empire. Wow. Is that that's a fair assessment? I mean, one would like to think. You have a restaurant in LAX <laughs> at the Delta Terminal. You know what are we doing, man? Gordon. Right <laughs> yeah. I think the season finale is tonight. It is. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, so sir. then, with that said, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just it's it's um, it feels almost I'll say taboo when you actually think about it because it's like to dream and then actually actualize your dreams. It's like when you harness that power, it feels, it feels so freaking powerful. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like this thing where it's like, ah, um, but it's cool. You know, I, I believe in manifestation. I, I believe in, you know, action and executing a good plan. And that's what I did from a kid, you know, and from, I would say, you know, being in the kitchen with my grandmother and learning these new flavors and spices and, and feeling like I was in a new world just by hanging out with my grandma. You know, I think that was like, the original steps in me kind of developing my palate okay. at a young age. And then um, I, I always like, when I think about those memories, they feel very like golden in my spirit. They, yeah. They're just fond memories. And um, you know, I think really throughout my adolescent stages, when I was a kid, I would like run home from school and always be in the kitchen. I would like have my friends over. I would play restaurant. I would like make little soups. I would like, always with my little easy bake oven I would just always be like doing things and you know I have a very creative mind so like food for me is sort of one conduit of expression you know for me I look at this plate and I look at it as a canvas you know of creation of storytelling of celebrating mother nature there's so many opportunities to connect with people right to nurture um, and those are the things I'm good at you know and I learned that as a kid you know and I would say you know, really to answer your question, um, I think it was my parents, you know, they put me in a lot of things when I was a kid, like mm. art school or like karate. I did a lot of martial arts until I was about 17 um, and competed and did, you know, I was heavy on that. I played sports, you know, so I think I took something from all those disciplines and then did the thing that I was passionate about. And it just helped me sustain and have staying power because the restaurant business is not for the faint of heart. It's really hard, you know. For sure. It's one of the toughest industries to, to be in. Especially um, in Los Angeles. Like 100%. Yeah. I remember a time you, you came from, you know, being in the clubs and all of that kind of sh Restaurants were closing right and left out right. here. I remember like Memphis. Right. Um, Lodge Steakhouse. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like them joints would be opening and closing like, like this. So, 100%. So, you know, to, and that's. I think we we talked about this even before you walked in. Sustaining, and you talked about this prior to the cameras rolling, sustaining a restaurant in Los Angeles or just anywhere is tough, right? Yes. And you spoke about an experience that you had, you know, last year. And then I want to, like, during the pandemic and all these different things, like, how... How were you? How were you able to push through those challenging moments? Those very when you're like, "Yo, I don't, I don't know if I can continue." Like yeah. this is happening. This is happening. We had a pandemic. Restaurants were shutting down. Like, how do you? How did you push through? And yeah. how do you encourage other people to to do those things? Well, 
Um, I'll answer that based on my personal experience. Okay. Um, you know, uh, you know, about six months before the pandemic, I closed my restaurant. <clears throat> and, you know, there's a few things not working, but I would say ultimately it was a lot of years leading up to a lot of self-actualization. And I think uh, people in the entrepreneur space, people who have a growth mindset mentality, uh, they press go and a lot of times they just don't look back, you know, and, and do self inventory. And that for me was definitely where I was at, you know, uh, for sure. I was just like, look at the cutting board, you know, 2001, I set out and I, and I didn't look up since I was just grinding and grinding and grinding and not taking care of myself. And, you know, I think that was the year I was like, I want to be a better human and whole so that I can give from a healthy mindset, you know, and that's when I fell in love with fitness. And, um, you know, I think that's really where things started to shift for me internally, you know? Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I think the restaurant business, it has this culture, this, you know, which is, uh, starting, you starting to see this like rectification in it, but this culture, this underbelly of like, you know, it's a, a nightlife kind of thing. You know, it's like the cooks are getting off late. It's like, what do you do to wind down? You go have a cocktail, you know, you're eating late, like what's available, most likely fast food, you know, and, and, you know, your shift starts at two. So you sleep in late. It's like this culture that you just sort of become accustomed to. And Anthony Bourdain, you know, I think Kitchen Confidential, that book really articulates what it's like you know, to have that lifestyle. And I very much leaned into that kind of like surly, I am a cook, I'm a badass, like I play hard, I work hard mentality for a lot of years, yeah. you know, because you couldn't tell me nothing. Like when I was on the line, I like would show up, I would have the sharpest knife in the kitchen and I approached being a line cook like a Jedi. Like I was like, I, this is my force, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it's something that it, it was a very spiritual practice for me. And, and I, to this day, you know, I just feel like I could walk in any kitchen and I, I you know, they call me the ninja, like on some like TV <laughs> shows and stuff, because like, I, I just, I feel it in my soul. You know, I feel the kitchen and, and like the way it moves, the way it sounds like it's an articulation from within and outward onto a plate for guests to enjoy. But, you know, I'm saying a lot, but I, but what I really want to say is like, you know, I think those days when I wanted to give up, it was like, it's very hard, you know, when your dish dishwasher doesn't show up and you have to go in and tend to like wash dishes or you have to do that, or you have to do this. Um, but I think, you know, in 2019, that's really where I started to see the biggest shift for me, you know, and having that time during the pandemic. And I think a lot of people had a different approach to it. You know, the restaurant business had an opportunity to change, you know, ultimately there were a lot of gatekeepers in the restaurant business, you know, there wasn't a lot of um, people of color being celebrated, different ethnic backgrounds of foods being celebrated. There was a lot of, you know, the kitchens I came up in, fine dining European kitchens being celebrated, right? Mm -hmm. And saying, this is the industry standard. I know that's what they told me when I was in culinary school. White tablecloth, fine dining, three-star Michelin is the best. That's what you should work towards. And I was like, bet, that's what I'm going to do. If that's the, what I'm going to if be that's the, the first bar. everything like yeah. i just was like oh there's not a lot of women it's not a lot of women i it regardless of that i just wanted to be the freaking best like yeah. it's not even about color of my skin or my gender i was like i just have a performance mindset mentality and so when i set out i never really looked back you know and you know 20 years of that 
can have certain um, fragmentation, certain trauma, certain things that you don't address, I think, when you're on that grind, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, if that makes sense, you know? <laughs> no, yeah. a thousand percent. I think you talking about um, self-inventory and also, too, when you have that mindset where you're just go, 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 yeah. you become disconnected from yourself. 100%. And, um, you know, a lot of it also, too, is is where, you know, pride can kick in and self-esteem and, and all those things. And, and I can absolutely. only imagine, like, you know, with you, um, with your restaurant, with you closing your restaurant, the amount of mental things that go on, the, the, the warfare that we go through in our own minds. Absolutely. Um, and that's something we, we like to talk about on this show because nobody is nobody is um, absolute from that. You mm. know what I mean? Like we all go through it. And I think learning how to navigate that and um, take inventory in yourself. Like I think Clinton Sparks, one of our last guests, said the greatest IP you can have is yourself. Mm. And I think people think that's all about business. But your IP is how you look at yourself. It's your self awareness, your self esteem, your, you know, um, the way you talk to yourself. The you, yeah, the, the you way know. you talk to yourself. Um, right? So you know that's that's important here, um, and I think those are the things that help people navigate. You know, because behind the polished accomplishments, still you're still a human, right? Still got to look you at yourself still, in the mirror every day. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And what does that, that self-talk look like? Even when people perceive you to be this, you know, whatever it is. I think a lot of people who are in very high places have that, you know, look at that, you know, and, and it's a, it's an interesting conversation, you know, and it's a, it's a very healthy one, I think, to have, you know. When you, when you uh, step onto, you know, the studio like the television yes. camera, right? Um, and you said you're very performance-driven. Yes. Um, but there's also got to be a sense of, there's got to be balance because you've got to be playful. It's television, yeah. right? Yeah. So how, 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 do you, how are you learning to balance all of that? That's a great question because I'm living it in real time. This is my second year being on TV in that way, you know, and I will say it's been an interesting study and it, and it has sped up my self inventory for sure. Right. Because it's a dual kind of tandem walk. Like, like, am I, uh, are people re uh, receiving my message to be mm -hmm. how I want it to be received mm -hmm. or are they perceiving me, you know, through this filter, you feel me? So it's interesting thing to be aware of right at all times and so um i think it has sped up my awareness overall um you know and and uh, my output right because you have to you, you you have to like think about you know what your articulation is and then do it in a small amount of time it's like it's like very in the moment you yeah. know and so um it's cool because i think i've done the things in, in micro um, sort of doses to have this macro effect, you know, um, the team sports, the, the pressure kitchens, pressure, high pressure environments, you know, um, all the things, the art, um, you know, understanding 
you know, what my style of food is, you know, seeing different um, formats of kitchens, you know, sort of studying different archetypes of humans, you know, and, and what resonates with me, what do I vibe with? Like, you know what I mean? Like all those things that, what is that sum, you know? And so, and to honor that, right. And be that and don't deviate and feel comfortable in that is like freaking amazing, powerful, you know? So I would say when I step out in those kitchens, I am being my best self. I feel so like I, I feel powerful in those moments because like, that is my shit. Like, you know, you, you <laughs> like in a kitchen, like I just, I'm not saying I am the best on the planet, but I know that <laughs> like, you can't tell me I don't, you yeah. know? So like, but I worked for that, you know? And I, and I knew that as a kid, you know, from a kid, I would like run home from school to watch food network and watch all these, you know, PBS programs and essence of Emerald before celebrity chef was a thing, you know, I, w I just loved it. And um, because I think it's, it's not just for the surface, it's for the value that it has, that makes us human, yeah. you know, like food, this grew up and was raised by, you know, nutrients, right? It is a product of our land, our earth, you know, so it's for me to be simply a conduit of that dialogue, right? Like where that tomato was grown, right? Like the recipes and the storytelling behind that, the culture, like yeah. that shit makes us human, especially in the digital age, right? It's that gateway into the past and it's a bridge into the future. And I think for me to be able to do that every day, like I'm so freaking grateful that I found my calling in life. So being a part of, um, I guess, talking about the, I almost call it a renaissance of like culinary because it's so front facing now and it used Very to be much so. a, a behind the scenes kind of thing. Um, and you've been on all the sides of you've owned your own restaurant, you've had a restaurant, now you're on television. And then there's also now like with social media and all those things, do you think, has it hurt the industry? Great question. At all? Or, you know, I think there's a ton of positive things, but also I'd look at it as like music, you know, when streaming came along, it's amazing technology to help people get music but it also puts so much stuff out there to where it's like kind of waters down the art form of it. So I just wanted to kind of get your take on. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I would agree with both sides of that. And I think with any art, like anything that comes from the like intangible that becomes something mm -hmm. like it is an art. Right. And I think not anybody could just do that. Like, I guess that's subjective. No, nah, it's not. I mean, it's not. So it's like, no, it's not. You know what I mean? But I get it. No, we we're saying the same thing. It's like uh, you cook a meal, I cook a meal. It's like, oh, they're both art, but like, are they? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. Um, but I think there's like that's the um, the conversation is about like the craft, right? Like I think also, um, you know, I think people having access to the public is what's interesting. You know, it's like. People can go on social media and say, I am a chef. And, mm -hmm. you know, people are not going to tell you you're not, or they might, they right. might tell you you're not. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's about different facets of celebrating food. You know, some people are business people and they say, like, I'm going to take this smash burger and I'm going to build this smash burger empire by X, Y, and Z and build a machine. And, you know, they can multiply and scale that for, per 500 businesses, you know, and other people are like, I want to create the best blend. And like, that's a facet, you know, and I think 
you know, I think you can split it up so many ways. There's a lot of opportunity for, for people to do a lot of things well. Um, the interesting thing, and I will say, I myself am on the other side of this sort of like query now is that, you know, in the past, so we'll, so we'll call it like 2009-ish, um, when I was like, you know, in this three-star Michelin restaurant and I was like, you couldn't tell me that like, TV chefs and restaurant chefs were like two completely different people. And I never wanted to be labeled a TV chef, right? Because in my mind, that wasn't a thing at the time. Like mm. it was like you were a TV chef or you were a chef chef or you were a real chef, you know? Mm -hmm. And I always want, I was very, it was a very personal thing to me, food. I was like, I never want, I never want it to be a gimmick, yeah. you know? I never want it to I be I don't want to be separated from the craft. Absolutely. From the real, Are you kidding me? The no, starch. Work too hard to, to yeah. attain those skills to understand yeah. uh, how different salts react to different proteins or what, you know, just from a molecular level, you know, I worked hard for that information. And so, um, you know, you couldn't tell me. And then, you know, we brought up Gordon Ramsay, you know, and he was the first person that I saw on TV that was doing both, that could put on that chef coat, you know, and walk into any kitchen and throw down on the line and then kill it on TV and yeah. have all the Michelin restaurants. I was like, like, it can be done, you know? And so, it's cool. So fast forward, right? There was sort of that. And I will remember the moment where I had that epiphany was when I was watching TV and I saw this gentleman in a kitchen. Pardon me. It, I saw this commercial and, and it was a watch commercial and they were like really close up on the watch. And um, I was like, oh, this is a watch commercial. They panned out, panned out, panned out. And there was a, a guy in a chef coat in a kitchen. And I was like, wow, it's a chef like it's a chef driven commercial about a watch. And I was, I remember that was the first time I saw a chef like in mainstream, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just interesting to me being celebrated. You in know that what way. I mean? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to just, you know, like, I don't know, like a singer or like a actor, you know, and it be, it was interesting. And, um, and I remember that moment and then, you know, food TV and then food personalities, it started to really become this thing, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and that term celebrity chef and all of that, and then food network. And then, and so I think that's one era, right? Like two thousands, early two thousands. And then, and then fast forward with digital and like social media, I think that's like the next five layer deep after that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's so interesting because I'm kind of one foot in old school. I saw the progression yeah. where the recipe was like, you know, you have your restaurant, you have your four walls and people patron your business, you get it right up in the LA Times or New York Times, and that's a wrap, and that's yeah. what a chef is. Yeah. And now it's like, have has, uh, excuse me, has had, um, and now it has had all of these new sort of progressions, right? Yeah. And so with social media, you know, that's what's the interesting thing I like about the show Next Level Chef, where I'm a judge and mentor on, is it's the first of its kind where you see social media chefs, home chefs, right? and also professional chefs all cooking on the same playing field. And so I, I love the progressiveness in that because I yeah. think there's an opportunity to capitalize on where we are heading because it's not like it's going to go, you yeah. know. Um, and because before, you know, like when I did Top Chef, it was just professional chefs only had okay. the opportunity to cook on TV, Yeah, you know. So, um, so it's interesting to see it. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's two different lanes. I don't. 
I don't know that it waters down the craft, but I do know that on the opposite side, old school chefs have had to change and adapt more than yeah. the other way around. Yeah, I mean, the importance of adaptation and, and also being able to, I'm not, not a pivot, but to be resilient enough to be like, okay, this is, this is what it is. You know, it's not going anywhere. Um, just talk about, you know, maybe some of your, you know, regimen or the, the frame of mind that you're in to be able to do those things. Cause like you said, the, a foot in the old school, but then also they approach you and they're like, we want you to come on this show and, you know, just being able to be open to those things. Um, how do you, how do you navigate, you know, some of those things? Yeah. Well, I think, um, for me, I always try to have, um, an insatiable thirst for knowledge. No matter how much I think I know about a subject, if I learn it, I'm like, cool, Like, let's learn something new, right? Let's get into fitness, let's do a competition. I don't know, I'm out here, like, I'm not, not nervous about it, <laughs> but I'm gonna try, and I like a challenge, you know? Yeah. And, you know, even if I don't, you know, win or succeed, I'll try harder the next time, you know? And I think that's when you say resilience, I think those things, are so freaking important. And when I did my TEDx talk, I talked about that. I think that is a very valuable life recipe, right? I think it's grit. I think it's perseverance. I think it is resilience. Like all of those things, I think, make up a robust life, you know, and a life worth, you know, attaining to greatness. I don't think like anyone's ever going to just be like, this is it. I've reached greatness. But attaining that on a consistent basis, always trying to strive is what what the journey is, you know? So like, I'm about that life. Like I'm about, I'm about the journey and I'm, a, and I'm not afraid to, to create areas of opportunity for growth. I don't think it's like about failure. Right. I think it's about areas of opportunity to grow and recognizing that say, I, I suck at that. Or like, I, I did not do well at that. I want to do it better next time. I think there's like, there's power in that shit. Absolutely. You know, Hovey said, uh, Kobe Bryant said, uh, what is failure? Like, he's like, what is that? He's like, it's, you know, it's just a, we're in a relentless pursuit of just trying. Goatness. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But also just trying, Absolutely. right? Like just making the effort to, to, to thrive. Absolutely. Like that's all it is. You know, it's effort to thrive and yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm. I'm a, I'm a fan. So we were introduced by a mutual friend that's almost over a year ago. About. And we've been trying to like, you know, talk, get her on the show and be like, oh, I'm going to be in Europe and I got to travel and it's going to be months and I'm going to be on the set here and there. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to finally get you on. But I also, um, Again, I want to celebrate you, and I because you come from so doing doing this show, we've had the opportunity to sit with a, a, a couple of chefs, Matt Horn, yes, Martin, you know, know them both, yeah, um, Chef, you know, uh, Keith Corbin, yes, you know, Big fan. Um, so that's what I was gonna. Is there a community? Are you guys like? sharing information like how to navigate through some of the business because there's the experience for you guys is different so i would think that like you guys would form community or want to form community to 
to help each other, to empower each other to get to the next space. Yeah, <clears throat> I think. Does um, that happen? It happens on small levels. Excuse me. Okay. So I think community, it happens on, um, you know, sort of small groups, right? Like Matt and I went to, uh, he was down here and we went to the Serving Spoon for breakfast, favorite spot. And, um, and we were talking about the business, you know, we were talking about entertainment because he's like, you know, I'm getting into it, you know, I, and, um, and, we, and we had an amazing conversation around that. So I think sharing knowledge is very valuable. And um, yeah, we absolutely, I think it's one of the cl more close knit communities of sharing knowledge for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I had just a quick question when you brought up the TED talk, TEDx hmm. talk. How long did they give you to prepare for that? It was so stressful. I was gonna. Just, I was, it was stressful. I was so curious. It was so stressful. Um, it wasn't stressful. I I shouldn't say that. It was um, it was the one of the first times that I feel like I truly stopped and like really really took inventory. Like like I cried like three times writing this dang TED talk because it was um, the it was the the topic of conversation was reflection. And it was just such so so many powerful moments that like I haven't stopped and really thought about you know and I was writing 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 multiple drafts you know creating a PowerPoint around it thinking through my life and uh, and then presenting it in front of thousands of people like oh it was um, very very challenging um, so they gave me uh, I want to say like eight weeks to write it um, and I think everyone has different time time to do it. Um, and so I had basically two months, but that was already like kind of on top of my regularly scheduled yeah. program. <laughs> so it was like, yeah. you know, when I could and, you know, and then like randomly like my cat like had to be rushed to the hospital. And I was like literally in the vet thing, like writing right. it. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, it was um, it was an amazing experience for sure, I think. Yeah. Um, and just like even with the writing the PowerPoint was hard. Like that was hardest, I think, for me is like keeping my cadence of conversation and clicking the thing and having it all match up it was like a lot to manage and you gotta walk back and forth you know and, and smile and do, and do the things and not trip i wore these heels and like i was like out here on my boss lady shit yeah. and like it was cool it was a, it was a very powerful moment experience. it was a great yeah. great experience yeah, yeah that's that's um to me like that's like the the grammys of of business yeah. like you've made like you got a ted talk yeah you've like you know that's, big deal it's a huge accomplishment yeah um you know, we were talking earlier about your new spot. Yes. In the new, uh, I guess Delta built a fly wing at LAX. Finally, they done did something over there. Sure did. Let's talk about that. Yeah, it's a great, um, great conversation to have. So, um, you know, being a native Angelino, I um, always want to celebrate LA cuisine. And so I called my restaurant Native, which originally was in Santa Monica. And um, it has reincarnated into the Delta Terminal and still get to celebrate that. You've been. He celebrated the, uh, the decor, said how beautiful it was. Yeah, and, aesthetically. Fire. Yeah, and it really gives LA vibe. Um, and I think it's something cool to offer that you don't expect in an airport. You know, that my operating partners are amazing. They're actually um, one of the only James Beard nominated uh, operating partners out there. Wow. And um, they're out of Atlanta. Uh, staff is happy. That's what I love to see the most. You know, that is a, a reflection of, you know, what the guest receives, I think, having a happy staff. And um, 
you know, for me, it's, it's my first venture like this and it's, it's been really cool, you know, and I look at it kind of like, you know, we have a captive audience, like we're always going to have people that are traveling, you know? So it's like, it's a cool opportunity to create and have these sort of parameters. Right. And I kind of look at it kind of related slash not related um, when talking about creation and parameters. Um, I had the opportunity to travel with um, Stevie Wonder and it was like really cool to like take into consideration someone who doesn't see the food. Right. And I had to really think about kind of these different ways to connect with, with someone, you know, and it's like, I like tasks like that where it's like, Oh, I get this new blank canvas to create. And and that's how I look at it um, at, at at this project. And it is freaking killing it. We've been there about almost six months now and uh, we're about to do a big menu change and it's phenomenal. So, I mean, a big shout out to them. They, these, this team holds it down. They're stoked. They bring their A game every day. And um, it's really beautiful. So when you go through a menu change, it's hard. It's it's a lot of layers. Like in a regular restaurant, we could be like, oh, we're going to the farmers market. We were inspired by this beautiful tangelo, and we're gonna run this amazing citrus salad and some salmon, blah blah blah. And it'll be on the menu tonight. Like there, it's like you have to really go through. You have to get approval from the airport. You have to have the sourcing, all the coding. You know, it's it's a long process. It's it's like months as opposed to that night. So um, a lot of different systems there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, just, and it's also storytelling. So you like have to be, I, I would assume, in a mindset to where you're like staying true to what you do, but also pushing the boundaries. Um, exactly. Like, I don't want to go too far, you know, but and, and have it be, I want it to be approachable, but I also want it to tell the story and be on brand for the restaurant. You know, when people come to Los Angeles, it's like, come to this restaurant because it's, this is as LA is going to get here. You know what I mean? Like from a, a little bit of an elevated experience, you can have a beautiful craft cocktail, you know, delicious, um, you know, smash burger. You can have Korean fried chicken. Like it really tells the sort of terroir of LA. I might need to just... shout out to grandma. <laughs> Miss Isu for Ms. sure. Miss yeah. Might need to like just create a layover, like <laughs> just to eat. Flying you know, over. just like. <laughs> Let me get here two hours early yes. to the airport. Yes. You know what I we mean? We love that. That's amazing. Absolutely. And get on the plane lit. You know what I mean? Do Facts. you have um do you get enough time to sit back and, and kind of like look at everything you've created and pat yourself on the back and just reflect on, you know, being in the kitchen with, with, with grandma to now you're standing in front of your restaurant in LAX. Come on. No, I haven't. <laughs> I think about where, think about where you cooking, like, has taken you. Yeah. All over the world. Yeah. Stevie Wonder. The, like, Stevie Wonder. The eighth <laughs> wonder of the world. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I, I say this, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's feels, it feels weird because I love it so much. It feels like a guilty pleasure. Mm. You know, it feels like, I, I, I do this like for fun, you know, like I love it. I love the craft of it. I love the business of it. I love, I love that it makes me feel like a human being and I love the joy that it brings other people. Like that's really why I cook, you know, and then to be able to build this legacy off of it is a added bonus, you know? So, you know, I think the older I get, yes, I am trying to take more stock and in inventory and more 
like a higher cadence of time as opposed to like take 20 years then stop down and be like well, what did we do again <laughs> no yeah. it happens a lot more quicker these days mm -hmm. you know and I'm, and I'm grateful you know I, and I show gratitude as much as possible you know I think um you know it's definitely been a, a long uphill battle and I'm pretty sure it probably will continue to be you know Absolutely. for sure um but yeah you know um there are moments where I wish I could have told like 20 year old Naisha like everything that you're working towards will happen, you know, It'll be okay. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. I really do wish I could have gone in sometimes and been like, girl, like it is gonna be okay. It's gonna whoop your ass, and but it's gonna be okay. Like back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know, but like, you know, gave her a little pat on the back and been like, it's gonna be cool. But um, you know, and I, I don't know. It, and it's a day to day thing, you know, yeah. it's like, what is um, you spoke about legacy. What, what is the legacy you want to leave? Behind? Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful question. Like for me, one of the most important things for me is to um, like take care of my family, you know, because my mom and dad, I grew up, grew up in a very blue collar, humble home. You know, looking back, I don't think my parents, you know, they did the best they could. And I think looking back, I would have not known that we probably weren't that well off, you know? In all, in all honesty, like thinking back, thinking back and like remembering going to the grocery store and being like, oh, we have $100 to spend on groceries. Like I spent $100 on groceries for myself in a minute, but I know there's inflation now, but it's like for two kids and two parents and a what? dog and a cat, $100 a week. Like I remember those days, like, dang. Yeah. You know, and it's like looking back on those times, I'm like, wow, like you guys really did the best you could, you know, and I would have ne never known. And so, you know, I think today um, one of my biggest goals is to try to take care of my parents because my mom, you know, she had a stroke probably like, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. And ever since then, like my dad, he takes care of her hand and foot, like does everything and works full time still, you know, and it's like doesn't complain. You would never like he's just the type of guy that would just give an aunt his last bite of food. And he has such a beautiful mind, such universal perspective, national perspective on who we are on this one planet in our entire Milky Way galaxy. You know, and it's like it's a beautiful thing and it puts things into perspective. And so, you know, for me, I just would love for my dad specifically, you know, I wanted to help my family as much as I can. But my dad specifically like never taken a vacation never been on a flight like just give him some joy you know you want that for him i really need that for him you know yeah so that's my big legacy i think yeah. for from that perspective um from like a culinary perspective i would love to try to have, have more women in the kitchen because coming up i was 99.9 percent .9 the only one and i never looked at that as a disadvantage I just showed up as Naisha, like as a badass cook, you know. But nowadays, I feel like if there's not opportunities given to other people, like how do we just change that narrative? You know, it's not about me climbing up that ladder and did all that work and then just pull it up. You know, like I would love to try to nurture that soil more too. Who's on your? Uh, everybody's in a list now, right? Like, yeah, Mount Rushmore of this, whatever. For you, who's who's on your Mount Rushmore of cooking? And Burger King's not an actual person, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, um, that's a great question. Um, we've had such a uh, such a flux in like the in the last twenty two years. I've been coaching, yeah, twenty two years now. Um, I need to take a beat on that. That uh, is. Uh, I got a question. Who would you want to share? Okay, so let's let's do this. Give me. There's a dinner table. Okay. Right. And you're cooking for five people. Yes. Who are the chefs that you want to help you prepare the meal for these five important people? Wow. And they can be dead or alive. So give me the five people. Wow. And then yeah. who are you? Who, who, that kitchen's who? about to be lit. Okay. <laughs> um, wow. Let's give, give me the who's sitting at the table first. Who are we cooking for? Okay. Uh, we are cooking for. What a question. That's pretty dope. You, I, I mean, I give you that one. That's a good question. Thanks. Right? <laughs> right? It's fire. Very fire. Uh, okay, so maybe I'll pick like one person from different genres. Whatever, That'll help but me five narrow people. it down. Yeah, film, sport, whatever. It could yeah. be your aunt, someone who's yep. cast. And you're, yep, I'm going to say five people. From like the entertainment world. I love Issa Rae. I would love to cook for her. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... From like uh, the sports world, I'm gonna say Kobe Bryant. Okay. Um, Easton Kobe at the table. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say Barack Obama. Okay. Barry. I'm gonna say Martha Stewart because she's like a legend. Wow. She's she's okay. gangster. She's dope. She a gangster. Okay. Yeah. Um. One more. One more. And the bonus, most amazing, celebrated individual at the dinner table will be you. <laughs> okay. There you have it. There we go. Okay. You get to sit at the table with me. <laughs> All right, cool. And then in the kitchen, I got to say Gordon Ramsay. I've always wanted to cook in the kitchen with him. He's like so amazing. Um, yeah, I would say Gordon Ramsay, Anthony Bourdain. Um, I would say... Edna Lewis, I would say. Um, so if you're picking these people, what are they preparing? Because I see on the shows, you guys are all preparing a dish. What are they preparing? Someone's preparing dessert. Someone's preparing the free. What? Who's preparing what? Well, Gordon would have to probably make the Wellington. He's very well known for that. Okay. Um, I would do the fish course. I would have uh, Miss Edna Lewis make the appetizer. I would have um, Edna on the appetizer. Edna on the apps. Okay. I would have. I need. What do I need? I need a dessert. I would have. Um, I would have Alice Waters do the salad. She's amazing and has been such a pioneer for um, farm to table produce. Um, and for dessert, I would have. Um, I would have, um, hmm, I would have, this is a hard question. No, come on, come on. <laughs> Got you. There's so many names swirling my mind so quickly. But you're being political. Just It's okay do it. if it's it don't Sarah matter. Lee. Yeah. yeah. Am I being political? I'm being too. Yeah, just who, who do you want? I would make Martha get up from the table and call uh, out with dessert. Martha. There you go. 
There it is. That's that's, that's the beautiful. dinner. Yeah. I have that's one beautiful. more question. Is it hard for you to go eat at restaurants? Are you like dissecting yeah. the food? Like, oh, can you tell the chef I need a, another pinch of salt? I need it. Is it is it difficult? Um. Well. I want to say also I would have my parents at the table. That's very important. Um, no, it's not. I really enjoy when people cook for me because it never happens. Mm. Um, I love to eat. I'm like a big on dining out, which is why I think partially I became a chef because I really love to dine. I like love to go to restaurants. Um, it's I, I don't actually like critique food very harshly. I notice things, but I, I, I it's like, I'm very, I just like see it for what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And then do you yeah. have a couple of like go-to restaurants? Yeah, I want to hear this because I'm going to tell you mine. Okay. All right, but, but let's um, go with you Well, first. I'm a big fan of Serving Spoon for Breakfast. That's like my yeah. go-to spot. I always said Inglewood. Oh, it's my favorite. Come on, man. I mean, I just feel like every time I go there, like it's a vibe. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm on it, Saturday morning. Like it, You got to go on Saturday morning. You know what I mean? You need the parking lot. 100%. You need the whole parking 100%. lot vibe. Yeah. Yeah, Save you need regrets. All of that. Yep. 100%. Yep. Um, I would say Parks Barbecue is my favorite Korean barbecue place. Where is this again? Parks? In Creek K Town. Okay. Yeah, Parks. Parks. Okay, yeah, okay. big, 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 big fan. Yeah. Um, got a little photo of me on the wall there. Uh, <laughs> talk to him, Naisha. Talk to him, Naisha. Um, so, yeah, we got breakfast. We got Korean barbecue. I would say um, there's this really dope restaurant in Santa Monica called Heavy Handed. I'm a big, like, smash burger girl. I already said that multiple times, but um, their burgers are fire. So heavy I Handed? Heavy Handed. I stay there. I love it. In Santa Monica. I highly recommend Okay. Highly recommend. Heavy hand. They're you killing get these? You get these? Okay. It's, a, it's a short rib burger. He's going to be grind. like, hey, baby, we're going to heavy hand it <laughs> yeah, tonight. Yeah, you take them. Like, it, it's, they grind the meat. That It's it's super bomb. Um, what else? Yeah, I would say um, there's this amazing Mexican restaurant called Gilbert's in my neighborhood. I hit them up quite often. Okay. Um, really delicious. Okay. And... Now, are you anti-anti fast food? So, my first job ever was Taco Bell. Okay. And that's, it was game over from there. I was like, I need to live and work on the line. I started out as a cashier <laughs> and I would always watch the cooks and I was like, I need to get over there. And, um, to the soy tacos. And I, and I never left. And I yeah. never left. Um, but no, I'm not anti anti fast food. Um, yeah, I love it. And now Taco Bell, those are my favorites. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Taco Bell is the one. If yeah. you got to eat, like, yeah. For like, sure. Some you know crimey. I mean? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> oh, a restaurant? Yeah. Ooh, LA for me. We're just dealing with LA? Yes. Luso and Frank's is pretty bomb, too. Giorgio Baldi. Okay. The one on Channel Road. Of course. Not, you know, because there was E Baldi. Remember? There's... I don't. I've only okay. been to that one. So there was E Baldi, which was actually in Beverly Hills. Okay. But Giorgio Baldi, same family. Um, Channel Road. I need to be in the back room. They got a little side room, straight up. You know, I'm telling Fancy the truth. Fancy though. No, yeah. it's not. It's just I, I like a vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like atmosphere. For sure. You get to bring your own uh, music in there, vibe out, drink wine. It's like seven or eight of y'all. Y'all just chill. So I like I, that's respect. I, I like that. I like um. Uh, so um, Capo. Okay, in Santa Monica. Yep, it's beautiful. 
pretty high end. <laughs> Rustic fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, lo- I love Capo. Yeah. Capo's fire. Um, if I'm doing brunch on Sundays, I'm going to Jelena. Got it. Just do roof, it. rooftop Jelena. So fire. Super easy. Yeah. Um, Jelena's bomb. And I, I, like you, seriously love, been going to the Serving Spoon forever. Serving Spoon like always the salmon croquettes. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. you got the salmon croquettes and the, yeah, and the cheese eggs. They do the, it right. Yeah, they do it right. <laughs> I like that spot. Legit. And then, um, last thing, let me see. So, Jersey Boy, Capo. Um, probably... You know what I haven't found yet? Like, I haven't... No. You know what I love? Seafood Cove. Okay. It's in... <clears throat> it's in Garden Grove. Cool. And it's a Asian seafood restaurant. Dope. Love it. Dope. Love it. Love Asian seafood. That's my shit. Yeah. So, yeah. Those are probably... Those are my joints. Dope. So... Nice, nice. Because you was hating on me no, first. No, I, I just knew you was going, uh, you eat like you, you know. Like to eat. I know. You're fancy. <laughs> you fancy. You fancy. <laughs> so what's the, um, what's the next year look like for you? I don't want to go too far ahead. I know you're building yeah. an empire, but, you know, what are, what are some things that you got in the pipeline? And, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, one thing that has been a constant sort of um, current in my life is um, travel. I'm a big proponent of that. You know, I always travel to different parts of the world and I take like a technique or an ingredient and get inspired from it and get inspired from it and then add it to my repertoire. Like that is that is my identity. Like I am I I consider myself a worldly citizen. And so, um, you know, and and by chance when I closed my restaurant two weeks later, I got a call to come to Belize and that's, that started it all. And I went there and learned about the people and taught and we filmed it all and uh, shot this amazing, it's called through the eyes of an explorer. And we um, went to four different islands in Belize and just like cooked with the Garifuna people and learned from these Menotech and just learned a lot about the culture of Belize. And then, um, you know, went to many, many other places, Jamaica, Morocco, um, you know, Hong Kong, um, doing this, right? So, um, so a couple of those dinners. So, um, this year I'll be doing Greece. I'll be doing Hong Kong again. I'm doing a dinner. Um, we're in Greece, Mykonos. I'm not hundred percent sure yet, but, uh, we're talking through the deeds now, but it's looking like, um, Greece later this year. And, um, those are the two places that I'm going to hit up. Jamaica I did last late last year was a vibe, like definitely need to put that back into rotation because <laughs> like for real that was like it was a life-changing trip it was really yes it was just some dinners like they just have this like je ne sais quoi about them like where it just hits like 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 because i think there's this like beautiful energy right that you like try to capture and then put it on a plate for someone to enjoy and then have it resonate in their soul and like that happened like I, I think I brought enough of like Cali vibes in the menu I brought enough of celebrating the terroir of Jamaica and I also pushed the envelope in a progressive way to get the local people to eat outside of their comfort zone but also appease to like the expat people and where it felt like elevated enough, like it just hit on so many levels. And I was proud of the menu and it was just, 
the team that helped me with it was just all around a vibe you know it just one of those nights where everyone was just so joyful at the end of it you know yeah look at how she glows when <laughs> yeah. talking about it that's beautiful you gotta get back there that's yeah. beautiful you said you were uh you're a football girl i love football i used to throw the football around with my dad as a kid and so and i love, love sports in general like i'll play any sport um but yeah i i'm a big rams fan i've been to uh, many games i hope to go to a lot of football games this season yeah. for sure uh, I love baseball, so I grew up playing softball. Okay. Yep, been a bunch of Dodger games. Um, yeah, haven't you... been. A, I haven't played pickleball yet. I guess that's like all the rage now. My cousin Ooh. is heavy on the pickleball. The really? one that lives in Lancaster. Really? He's it's a, a professional thing. stuntman, and he's like pickleball chief. <laughs> like, every day he get out, he play twice a day. <laughs> People love pickleball. Yeah, I for real, get on for it. real. Like all of these new sports, like. <laughs> What's the thing? Um, you know, throwing the bean bag. Oh, bags like a. It's not a sport. No, but what is it called? Uh, like cornhole. 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 Yeah. Cornhole, <laughs> pickleball, and, and and curling. It's all the same. I think to people me. like pickleball because it's tennis and ping pong, but the court is short. So as you get older, tennis is such a hard and active sport. So they shorten so it. So they the court. shorten it, and it's a you know it's still an activity, but it's it's not as rigorous. You know what I mean? So oh yeah, that's why my dad was saying he could play. My dad the other day he was like, I think I'm gonna play pickleball. <laughs> like if you don't sit down somewhere, <laughs> blow out a knee, let that man live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his hip get blown out. I gotta go. I gotta go be in Atlanta. <laughs> Blew my hip out playing pickleball. <laughs> Because he want to go be active. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah. Listen, it, it's been amazing. Thank you so, 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 so much. Oh, man. My pleasure. I can sit around and chat with you guys all day. It's beautiful. We're going to do it again. But I got to have, we got to get you. I mean, I, I know nobody cooks for you. And I hate to add on to the yeah. nobody cooks for you. But I need to add on to it. <laughs> However, maybe we could do maybe we could do another one. I know we got to it'd probably be crazy clearance, but to be able to go and do something at, at your spot, yeah, LAX definitely would be really cool. Yeah, 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 and then have yeah. some people come over and chill with us and totally cook and eat and talk. We gotta call up Martha, Barack, all these guys, get them over yeah. here at the dinner table. See, well, we try to get somebody from the Rams, try to get like Mookie Betts from the Dodgers. Let's do that. No, we're gonna manifest like this 100%. It's out there now. Let's manifest it. Um, before we get out of here, where can people check you out and, um, you know, just continue to, to follow the journey and continue to be inspired. I'm inspired. Tonight on, on Fox. There's that. There's a whole <laughs> two hour season finale on Fox. Um, can you tell them the show for those who just don't know? hundred percent. So I am a chef and mentor on, um, well, chef, judge and mentor on a show called Next Level Chef. And the show is based on um, the premise and the idea that um, I basically get to coach, uh, you know, these hopefuls uh, to win a one-year mentorship from myself, Gordon Ramsay, and Richard Blaze, plus $250,000 to fuel their culinary dreams. I know. And the title is Next Level Chef. So it's like, literally when they called to ask me to do this show, like, I was like, this is like, 
the best of all the worlds because it's not me actually competing for it, but I get to be adjacent and I know exactly how it feels to be you and I can help you steer your train back on the tracks when it's like you're trying to do so many things at at one time. I get it. I feel it. I understand it. But I get to be in the kitchen kind of helping everyone. So it's really cool. Um, And I see them grow over the course of 15 episodes, right? From where they walk in a day one to when that person walks out as the next level chef it they go through a gauntlet and it is hard it is very hard um and so that show the finale is tonight there we go yeah really exciting um so there's that um i'm also on instagram first name naisha and my middle name joyce naisha joyce and same handle at twitter um that's those are like the main things there you go yeah. there you go there you Websites, go you're not, not, not making omelets on the tiki talk I'm trying. I need to get. I need. I need to up my TikTok game. I, I really do. You're too busy. You need to just find somebody to run it <laughs> yeah, for exactly. you. Yeah, you know? exactly. But um, thank you so much. My pleasure. You know, for for sitting with us. Um, you know, nothing but blessings, and we're excited to continue to watch you. Thank you. Grow and build that legacy. Thank we're you. gonna get Dad on a flight somewhere. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then we're going to have dinner, me, Chief, you, and Gordon. Sounds That's good. That's what we need to do. You know what I mean? Bring a couple good. cigars. Yes. You know what I mean? Sounds good. I want to have dinner with Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, that too. He's and amazing. Her? Her, yeah. I'll cook for all three of you guys. Let's do it. <laughs> Listen. No, you sign off. You sign off. <laughs> you sign off. Yo, this is Malik Rashid, Chief Johnson, Naisha Joyce Arrington, and this has been a sweet life. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.